You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and it is a um, cold and dreary day here in San Francisco, but we need the rain desperately, so I'm welcoming the cold, and, and hopefully it'll uh, green things up a little bit because I'm, I'm craving some hikes lately, and the, the scene in the bay has been a little dry, a little, little gray and uh, a little brown, and normally it's, it's quite green. So I'm hoping that this rain brings us some growth and uh, some waterfalls on some of my favorite hikes here in the bay. So that's the, uh, the update from the bay area. And today we have a guest, Shanna Alverson, on the, sh- on the show who um, I'm very excited to talk up to today, and there's a, a good chance that uh, we'll jump around a little bit here and there today, but we're just uh, going to shoot the shit and have a great conversation, so welcome. Thanks. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Wonderful. That's exciting to hear. It's always nice to know that actually uh, there's there's people on the receiving end. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's um I like to keep up with what's going on and, you know, I, I am excited that you asked me to be on the podcast and I, I would listen to it anyway, but I definitely wanted to just kind of um, catch up on all the episodes that I may have missed. So I think I've, I think I've listened to all, well, I have not all the body IO, but at least all the her body, um, all but maybe two or three. That's great. So. Very exciting. We're actually just uh, hitting our, our year anniversary right around this time. So it's uh, it's been a really fun adventure. And I'm, I'm super excited about some uh, future guests that are coming on and uh, various topics that we're going to be covering. So it's just nice to have uh, the flexibility and the freedom to kind of, you know, jump around to different topics, all, all still within the realm of uh, female health and performance. But there, there's so many directions we could go in, which I'm sure we'll, we'll probably do a little bit here today as well. Um, but just to give yeah. every... <laughs> I was going to say it's International Women's Day, so, you know, it's it, a good day. It is, Talk right on. Women. That's true. And although the this episode <laughs> won't air until after the day's over, um, it seems highly appropriate that we're, we're going to have this this conversation today so <laughs> and in you you have uh you've been around in the industry for quite some time now do you want to give us a little inside scoop onto you know your background uh, you you were a crossfit competitor you had a crossfit gym for a while and, and recently did some some rebranding do you want to just fill us in sort of on your uh what's new today yeah sure um just brief background on me I actually started teaching exercise in 1995 um which was a long time ago it's 21 (laughs) years this year (laughs) so um uh I started teaching aerobics at Gold's Gym when I was 19 and I would go um like lift with the big lifter dudes in the afternoon and it was so I mean pretty much all we did was bench press so (laughs) <laughs> so that's part of my background I got 
<laughs> that's what they did back then. You know, I, there was like, true, no it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Back when the like the song Leotard was still a thing, you know, like, do they even make those anymore? <laughs> You know, they probably do, but I wouldn't recommend wearing them. Right. If they're sold in, like, the, in, like, the Party City costume store. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or American Apparel has them, too, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my gosh, yes. They have everything retro. They they do. (laughs) And it all costs, like, $1 million. It does for a leotard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously. So, um. So, so you're our so you're, you know, you're dollars for a pair of knee socks that like when you were a little kid you like you had the six pack that was like two ninety nine. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so we really are all over the place today. Yeah, it's okay, so, it's okay. So you so you were benching with the big guys. <laughs> yes, benching with the big boys back in the nineties. And then um I got certified to be a personal trainer and I actually played music for a living for quite a few years and so while I was you know being a starving artist I was kind of supplementing here and there just doing personal training um and then when my when I decided I didn't want to move forward with my music career I was supplementing at the time working as a vet tech I've been all over the place I swear um but when I realized that the vet tech job was kind of a dead end job. And I didn't want to go back to college to become a veterinarian because like school just, um, I went back to, you know, okay, what, what is in my skill set? And so I took a job, um, working as the fitness trainer at planet fitness. And, um, while I was working there, I discovered crossfit.com. Ah. Um, and started trying to do CrossFit workouts with my personal training clients at Planet Fitness. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I, I got fired. <laughs> I was about to say, how long did that last? <laughs> A day? I literally, I had to take them out back and do sessions with them in the parking lot because my boss was like, you can't do that in here. But I was getting really good results with them. We were having fun and I was like, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, they weren't having it so much. So, well, it's probably for uh, the better. After, yeah. And it, it ended up being for the better because it, I mean, it's how I ended up where I am today. I, um, after I got fired, I got another job at a gym indicator where I live, uh, that hadn't switched to CrossFit yet, but it was like on their radar and they were doing something kind of similar. And while I was there, they had all of us trainers get CrossFit certified. So I actually started coaching CrossFit before I did CrossFit. Oh, that's Um, interesting. And I got my, yeah, so it's always kind of been like I was a coach of it first. So I never had that, oh, I did CrossFit, I fell in love with it, and I quit my job and decided to open an affiliate. I actually came into it as, you know, I have a fitness background, and um, so it didn't work out with me as an employee at that gym I ended up getting fired from there too but it was okay because I had some clients that um were really supportive of me and helped me um finance just starting my own affiliate so I started CrossFit East Decatur in 2008 and um ended up after 
a three sets of business partners, roughly. I oh ended goodness. up buying everyone out. And so now I own it with uh, two business partners, but I'm, I'm the main owner and we just decided after we'll, we'll have our eight year, our eight year anniversary in business on June, June of this year. Um, so we just rebranded um, and changed our name from CrossFit East Decatur and now we're Move Functional Fitness. I like it. I like it. And there's a little bit of, so, a, of a story behind that. Uh, but, but before we get to that, do you want to share a little bit of your own personal uh, fitness journey during this, this sort of a business development period? Yeah. So, um, you know, I came into CrossFit in 2007. And that was the year that they held the very first CrossFit Games, um, which I, it wasn't even on my radar at the time. But in 2008, it was kind of like sign up for the games and you can compete in the games. And so I had a few friends that signed up and went to California to compete. And um, I thought that looks like fun. And then they announced that the next year they were going to have a regional competition and you had to qualify for the games. So I was like, I'm going to try to train for that. Um, and I did start a training I started training for the 2009 CrossFit Games in about November of 2008. Um, so since since then, I have qualified for regionals six times and qualified for and competed in the CrossFit Games as an individual four times. Nice. So 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, um, I placed well enough at regionals to make it to the games, and then. Um, in 2013, I got disqualified uh, for not finishing a lift at regionals, so I didn't make it that year. In 2014, I placed, I think, eighth or ninth at regionals, so and then nice. did not compete last year. I uh, I got signed to the the pro grid team, the Philly Founders, mm -hmm. and uh, that team ended up folding, and I just did a season with like a like an amateur grid league team and just decided I'm probably going to retire from competing because I had some health issues that were making my competition life almost impossible. I'm sure. I mean, at that point too, you're, you're fully invested not only in your personal, you know, fitness development, but also on, on the business side of things. So I can only imagine that, you know, the combination of both of those and then even trying to have a, no a normal life at that point is uh, oh a little overwhelming. Exactly. You know what? It, and that, that is one of the reasons I decided to at least take a break from competing. If not, you know, just retire completely. I, my business really needed me. And what happened was, you know, in the beginning, it was like, okay, you could do like normal CrossFit and still qualify for the CrossFit Games. And mm -hmm. every single year, it got harder and more extreme. And, and the level of competition and the the pool of athletes that that you were competing against got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so in the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, I'm a big fish in a small pond. And then right. it was like, oh, my goodness, now I'm swimming in the ocean. And, and the things that these girls are capable of are amazing. And just, just to keep up the amount of training that was necessary started to feel like a full-time job. It really was a full-time job. And so, because I was so focused on that competing piece, you know, I think that my business kind of started to feel like 
the thing that was distracting me from my goal. And, you know, it, it absolutely affected my business. And I would, would I be in a different place today if I had, you know, just dropped the competing thing and focused on the business? Probably so, but Mm -hmm. you know, you know, and I I think where I am and yeah. And I think that's, that's very common in a lot of these, let's say newer sports. Um, I mean, same, I had a very similar uh, situation when I first started competing in the fitness and bikini competitions. Like the the year I did bikini, it was the first year that bikini ever existed. The first time the Arnold Sports Festival had it, nobody knew what it was. You know, big, big fish in a small pond. Um, You know, it went to a few shows. There's like five, six girls. You know, now fast forward, gosh, my first show was in 2007. So, got like eight years later and it's like the thing to do you know if you're not competing in bikini competitions you're probably doing crossfit it's like (laughs) they've sort of morphed (laughs) it seriously seriously (laughs) they've sort of morphed into these like creatures that you know it's not neither are what they started at and that's not to say that they've developed into bad things but the the mindset behind it the game is completely different and and it's something that that it's 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 maybe you consuming all consuming exactly, and to always exactly what I was about to say it's like it consumes your life yep for, for honestly crazy. a hobby because at the end of the day it's a hobby yeah. whether you consider yourself an athlete train like an athlete none of us are competing we're not getting paid to do this by any means so oh when I gosh. think of like an athlete I think of someone who's actually being paid to do what they do that's their job whereas you know, when I think back, but especially before, like, you know, my carb night, uh, body IO sort of uh, ch- shift in diet and exercise approach before that, like it was literally my part time job. If I wasn't yes. training myself in the gym, I was training clients in the gym. And then any other opportunity I had, I was like eating or sleeping or prepping my food. <laughs> like That was it. Yes, that's exactly that is that exactly describes my experience in a very parallel way. You know, it it became life consuming and because the level of competition just kept going up and up and up, it's like you keep having to raise your game and it's not, it can't be, Oh, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I think I'm going to compete in the games for fun. It's not that anymore. It's like you have to, you have to make some sacrifices, some real sacrifices in your life if you want to. And I, you know, be successful so and I'm sure too for you you know owning a CrossFit gym there was probably some pressure to continue to compete and to do well because it's good for you it's good for your brand it's good for your gym uh, brings attention to you and what you have to offer within your you know the town that you're in so I imagine on that level as well there's there's added pressure that you probably aren't even putting on yourself you know it was actually there, there seemed to be external pressure, but the reality was that it was all pressure I was putting on myself at the end of the day. Because when I really look at the numbers, I mean, yeah, I've got a decent social media following. And a lot of that is because I did have a successful competitive career um, in CrossFit. But at the end of the day, I, I still have to put food on the table and 95 probably more people that walk in the door of my gym just looking for 
good fitness training. Mm -hmm. They don't know who I am. They don't know what the CrossFit games are. They like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really, it didn't transfer to a more successful business. It, it, you know, occasionally it gives me a little bit more like, oh, she's legit, you know, but I wonder too, if that's more in my mind than it is in anyone else's mind. It's possible because I I feel that way a little bit. Um, I'm not, you know, doing as much in-person training, but when I was, you know, I did, I had like my trophies on the wall and pictures of me competing and, and it made me feel good. And people saw that as just more of like a credential, but then once they saw it and then realized like what that meant, then it was like, okay, moving on. It was more just like, oh, that's nice to know. I'm glad that you, you, you must know what you're talking about. But it, it held no weight other than that. And now and I have like a day. box of trophies that I'm like, well, what am I going to do with these now? They're just like in the garage, just chilling, collecting oh, dust. When you think about like, you know, you were talking about athletes, you know, an athlete, a professional athlete getting paid. I, I have spent way more money. Like I've Uh spent so much money competing and traveling and just like paying for education, entry fees, like plane ticket, hotel rooms, like, oh God, it's cost me so much money. And I, I have 1 million CrossFit t-shirts. Oh, I can, you know, like (laughs) anyone I can get, I have a ton of free t-shirts, probably all the free protein I could ever want. But again, that's not like. It's not putting food on the table, you know. Right. It's not right. Mm-hmm. So when you and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, people don't care what you can do; they want to know what you can do for them. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So those trainers that are like, "Oh, look what I can do," they're, just, they're the like a lot of times the least successful trainers because they forget that, you know. People don't care what you can do. They want to know how can you help them. Right. And and, at, and doing something doesn't translate into teaching something. Oh, or even just having the, the communication skills to work well with a client and to understand what their needs and wants are. I mean, because it really comes, it's on a very emotional level. And if you haven't totally. been there, and if you can't get there with them, it's not going to work. Right. No one will be You're successful. really... You're like half coach, half therapist, actually. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. We're like hairdressers. Like I'm cutting your yeah. hair, but you're also telling me like your life story. And sometimes even right. things that I kind of wish you didn't tell me. But I understand that yeah. this is a safe place and I'm an unbiased yeah. opinion. So people just like open the vaults. It's it's uh, quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it fun. We have a variety of, of clients then that I'm sure, especially for you, that come through your door who, you know, are looking for, you know, whether it's like just to be in shape to maybe they want to look good naked. Maybe they want to work on a lift. I mean, I can imagine that the, the clientele that comes through your door is pretty eclectic. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And especially like the, you know, I'm in Decatur, Georgia, which is basically Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but the neighborhood that we're in is a very kind of like laid back, super diverse, um, you know, just very open-minded. I, I mean, I think Atlanta 
overall tends to be that way in general. Like mm -hmm. I love the diversity here in this city and, and the, the overall vibe of acceptance, even though there's still some of the, there's still a few of the old South bigotry that manages oh, sure. to stick around. But luckily where we are, you know, it's, it's much more um, tolerant, accepting, we're diverse. Like I'm, I'm really proud of that um, part of the culture of our membership, you know, we're, how diverse we are. Mm -hmm. And that, that goes, you know, we've got men and women, tall and short, young and old, all, all different cultures, you know, everyone just kind of coming together. And we've got people who are really in shape and we've got people who, you know, are, really deconditioned as well so it's kind of it's a pretty big spectrum so but that's one of the challenges of coaching that I really love is you know kind of what what is the language that each, each person speaks and how how can I really figure out what's going to motivate each individual person and and keep them focused and moving forward so mm -hmm. the, the motivation factor is is huge for I mean, anyone who's trying to do anything, really. And sometimes just having those little bits of positive feedback, uh, reinforcement that you're on the right track can make or break someone to want to continue on. And I think that it's one thing to be able to motivate a client within, within a certain activity. And then it's another to be able to cue them in a way to where they're actually learning from the process you know whether Absolutely. it's whether they're actually learning the technique of a move or they're learning how to listen to their body how to communicate with it to get a task done and and I think for me like when I was working with more clients in person those were actually some of my favorite people was to take someone who was not in their body who didn't understand it and see them get that engagement get that get that better understanding of their body you know pay attention to how things feel learn how to move it and sort of the the way that they carry themselves just changes over time and that's probably my favorite part I mean it's very cool to train like an actual athlete or someone who's you know been athletic most of their life and who takes cues really well and can progress in their lifts that's fun in a different way but being able to take someone who's just like you know the average joe walking down the street who feels completely incapable most of the time and then have them you know they, they just stand up a little taller it's something yeah. about the confidence built and and that is probably my favorite part of, of working with people and, and sharing the information absolutely i i think of you know there are different ways that people learn things. And part of the challenge and the reward of coaching is figuring out what language they speak. And, you know, I, you know, I acknowledge that some people are visual learners, some people are audible learners, and some people are kinesthetic learners. Mm -hmm. So they are, some people want to see you do it and imitate you. Some people want to hear you describe it, and then they can translate that into movement. And yep. then some people, you just have to poke them. <laughs> it's and true. That's the only thing that gets them to like figure it out. So figuring out what gets, you know, them to translate your words or your cues into actual movement is, is a huge challenge. And it's, 
it's frustrating and it's fun and it's very fulfilling when people finally get it. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine too, there's, there's an added level of a challenge on your end if you're teaching a class. You know, it's, it's one thing to yeah. figure out that communication with an individual. But if you have 10 people who all, <laughs> you know, need communication in a different way and you're kind of just throwing different things out, seeing who grabs onto what, uh, that can, yeah. can really change the game. Yeah. And, it's, you know, you can have a set of cues that works for, like, a huge percentage of people, but there's always going to be those those handful that just cannot translate that Mm -hmm. and so those are the ones that you kind of have to take to the side and go okay let's let's see if I can communicate this a different way um yeah it's interesting (laughs) would you say when it comes to like especially newer members that come into your gym I mean especially since you've recently changed the name but but before that because CrossFit was in the name did you get a lot of people that came in wanting to compete or, or have that mindset as like, oh, this is what they do at this type of gym. Um, I want to do that. I see myself doing that. I think I can. You know, there, the <laughs> part of the reason that we changed our name is because there has been this confusion that CrossFit is – the CrossFit games. And there's a little bit of competitiveness kind of built into the methodology. And that can be a really positive thing, but it can also be um, detrimental, you know, that it can get people focused on the wrong aspect of fitness. And one of the challenges has been, you know, how do we, the, the people who are doing CrossFit for competition is a different population than people who want to do CrossFit for general physical fitness Mm -hmm. and so it was always a big challenge for us to figure out how do we merge these two completely different types of training and have a cohesive community and so uh what what we've just done is just decide we don't do competitive crossfit that's just not what we do Mm -hmm. and that's another reason that we changed our name to move functional fitness just because people see CrossFit and they think or they assume CrossFit games and that that well that could also turn somebody off I mean someone could just be looking for a gym but then they see that and they're like oh I can't do that like that's not for me because they don't they they don't understand the difference Mm -hmm. or they've seen it on ESPN and they're like holy cow I can't do those things this isn't the place for me you know which that that the CrossFit games, what you see on ESPN, that's the fantasy of CrossFit. That's like, right. you know, you, you're seeing the glory of <laughs> of what people have put years of training and, you know, eight days a week, like 25 hours a day, you're seeing the results of that. When that's right. not realistic and that's the, you know, 0.1% that is being kind of broadcast out to the masses, but that's not the reality. The reality is that we've got moms and dads, we've got teenagers, we've got grandparents, we've got, you know, um, people who have never worked out a day in their life that come to us and they're like, I just, I want to be able to get down on the floor and play with my grandkids. You know, it's that 
it's those people that we feel like really need us the most and the ones that we are kind of trying to change our image so that we're just more approachable that, that people have a more yeah we're more approachable and mm-hmm. and they they have an open mind about move functional fitness whereas as soon as they hear crossfit that word is associated with some things that maybe kind of alienate them i guess right right, right. especially with the you know like you, you already mentioned the the competitive nature behind the even just the workout sometimes and this is this is that's something that I've always struggled with like I've in the past I always did individual sports where you know it it was I was on a team but it was still about me and what I I was there to do and it was me beating my best even though I might have been competing against somebody else you know in gymnastics you're just kind of on your own trying to get your best score Um, when I did wrestling it was like yeah I'm competing against somebody else but it's still up to me to you know bring the skills try my best and then same thing with with competitions like I'm, I might be on a team uh under under the same coach but like I'm there for me and I struggle with that a lot in having that competitiveness but mm-hmm. like a good example is yoga like yoga is not a competitive activity yet <laughs> it's not I mean it, you're that's not what you're there for you're, you're there to like I know what you're about to say though because <laughs> No, but I, I can't help but be in the class. And I'm like, the girl next to me is like, you know, she's holding that pose really good. I'm like, I can hold it better. <laughs> and I have yep. to, you know, get out of my own head. I have to turn that off. And it, sometimes it's it's really hard because for me to to find that find that challenge, I need to be compared to somebody else or, you know, yep. whether they're aware of it or not. <laughs> but oh it gets gosh. it could get me it could that get me or anybody else in trouble. Because that's not why I'm there. And I can, it's easy to get caught up in that in the moment. Um, you see everybody else around you doing it, or you think that they are at least. But they could just be trying yeah. their best <laughs> and be completely unaware well, of and, it. And truly, one of the things that I learned as a competitor, and I think one of the things that made me a strong competitor, is that if I could mentally detach from the other competitors and make it about me versus the workout mm-hmm. I always had a better outcome than if it was me versus her yep. you know because I know my pace I know my body and I know that if I just go into the to the workout and do the best that I can do I always had a better result than if you know I'm watching someone next to me and trying to pace off of that person they're a different athlete and I'm I'm not going to get as good a result as if I just stay focused on what I'm doing. And um, that's, that's a really huge challenge. And that's why, you know, you see a lot of rookies (laughs) make Mm -hmm. that rookie mistake of, you know, not keeping their cool, going out, freaking out, (laughs) doing right. Well, you're not having fun then. Chase this person down. Yeah. Right. You're not having fun, which again, we're not being paid to do any of this. So it should be fun. So true. <laughs> and the the fun thing, I mean, that's I I took that away early on when when I started competing as well, just because it's I mean, it was so small back then that it was like, well, it, it's not that big of a competition anyway, so why not have fun? But yeah. when I did, whenever I did, just like you said, whenever I did get caught up in what the other people were doing or how they looked or thinking about like, oh, they must have done, you know, 
more cardio than me because they look better. At that point, like I've, I've completely lost the big picture of why I'm there and the process and that I went through to get zone. there. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then the show's over because the show lasts, you know, 60 seconds. You're actually doing something and showcasing your months and months of hard work. And then it's gone and you still forget why you were there, why you originally decided to do it, what you learned throughout the whole process, which I think in any sport, whether you're being paid or not, it's what you're learning along the way that makes you a better person at the end of the day because eventually you're not going to be able to play the sport. You're not going to be able to do the activity like you once did, especially if you were careless. And that's, I mean, I think one thing we see a lot too, which is uh, maybe one of the more interesting things, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but that people think of when they're if they're not into CrossFit but they hear the name and they they think of uh you know looking a certain way especially for the ladies which I think we've talked about before and and injuries yeah and and I I, think with the injuries that that really comes back to just like what we said like not you get caught up in the moment and and you want to beat whether it's, you know, your own time or somebody else's. And so you push yourself beyond a point that you should. And, you know, whether that hurts you then or continues to hurt you for years to come because you made a bad decision in the moment. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was referring to earlier when, you know, there is a little bit of competition naturally kind of built into the CrossFit methodology. But, you know, if you're constantly focused on, I just have to go fast, go fast, go fast, go fast. And you're forgetting that, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm ignoring my knee that seems to be hurting when I do this movement. And instead of slowing down, trying to clean up your movement and seeing if you can move pain-free, the priority becomes how many reps can I do in a certain amount of time? And that's, you know, my challenge has been, how do I slow people down and remind them that, we're here to get healthier. We're not here to just destroy mm-hmm. our bodies. Right. And the, you know, the competition thing sometimes will encourage it because it can be kind of fun. But I have tried to, with my programming, just figure out little ways that, you know, it's not, they can't directly compare themselves to someone else. That's so smart. like if we're, do, like today, um, you know, we did a three rep max front squat. And then what I call the huffing and puffing part, I think the, <laughs> the majority of the CrossFit world would call it the Metcon, right? The, yes. the metabolic conditioning part. Mm-hmm. I call it huffing and puffing because people really need that, right? They don't want to come to the gym and just right. lift. It's and right. so if you don't program the huffing and puffing, they won't come. And I need them to come. So um, <laughs> what we do is we have everyone establish their three rep max and then they take a percentage of that lift and that's what they use for the huffing and the puffing part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that makes the, that makes it, so there's no RX weight for them to shoot for, you know, the as prescribed weight mm-hmm. um, that would kind of encourage them to go maybe heavier than where they really need to be. So the weight that they use for the Metcon is specific to where they are strength wise. Um, on on any given day, I'm sure, because that's going to mm-hmm, change yeah. as well. I think that's smart. Exactly. Yep. And it gives people something else to focus on too because, I mean, the technique is there and that's something that they're going to figure out first and hopefully then they're able to carry that technique 
over into when they're doing more reps, the huffing and puffing part. That's the idea. That's the idea. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's successful more ta- more often than not. So, um, you know, I, I am constantly challenged to kind of be creative and find different ways to keep people focused on their own workout and not worry so much about what the guy next to them is doing. So um, that's fun. It is fun. Just keep challenging myself in that way. I enjoy programming. I've been doing it since 2009. So um, it's, it gives me the freedom to look at the collective uh, membership that we have and go, what are these people needing right now? And mm-hmm. be able to kind of program in the things that I think they need the most. So, And as that evolves, then your skill set evolves as well. And I mean, it, it can get to a point where, you know, anybody could walk through the door and you feel like you could help them in some way. Yeah. Which is exciting as a coach. I mean, that's what what usually drives most of us. (laughs) If I could help that one person, (laughs) we're we're set. Then then the challenge is, can I get this person to trust me with their program and their fitness and, you know, understand that I'm not trying to hurt them. I'm not trying to torture them. I'm not trying to kill them. I... (laughs) You know, I, I genuinely want to see every single person succeed. Right. So. And, and a lot of the time, that's not just telling them what to do, which, I mean, I, I get a lot as just on the nutritional side, people are like, I just want you to tell me what to eat. I'm like, that's going to, does no, does you no service whatsoever because you've learned nothing right. in the process. Like, okay, I give you a, a meal plan for a month. What are you going to do at the end of the month? And then they're like, well, right. I don't know it's because a, you didn't learn anything. <laughs> Give a man a fish and he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime. It's that it's that same mm-hmm. type of you know, training that we're trying we're trying to enable them, empower them to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, something that we've talked about before is is just being. I mean, it's kind of on like the the, the therapist therapist side of things is just being that soundboard for them, the voice of reason. Yes. Um, the, the person to be like, you're doing great. Just keep what, keep doing what you're doing. Relax. Don't get carried away. (laughs) Keep it simple. Yes. (laughs) Stop stressing yourself out. Stop having, and this might be a good rant, but stop having unrealistic goals. Mm -hmm. Like, all right. I literally had this woman say, I've been, I've been, dieting for one whole week and I I've only lost three pounds I'm like um are you kidding me <laughs> three pounds is a lot actually <laughs> I know I know so like, I get so frustrated when people are like in this we just did a nutrition challenge not too long ago where I'm like actually introducing them to carb night um nice. And so, you know, the first 10 days they do the, the metabolic shift or whatever. Um, and this one lady was like, it's been 24 hours and I haven't lost any weight. And like, she was serious. Oh my gosh. She was serious. Uh-huh. And I'd be I like, like did, you, did you go poop today? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should go poop and then you'll weigh less. Give it a try. <laughs> Uh, some of them weigh themselves before they go to the gym. They weigh themselves when they get home. And I'm like, please, 
step away from the scale. I have, mm-hmm. Over the years, I've confiscated. We have several scales at the gym because we've like forced people to bring their scales to us. That's like, awesome. Stop. You should have like a graveyard of scales, <laughs> like where they all go to die. <laughs> Death to the scales. That's what it is. That would be amazing. <laughs> have a bathroom scale graveyard at the gym yeah literally true story I had one one client who she was with us for about two years and for two years she was like obsessed with getting under 200 pounds she could not get under 200 and she was weighing herself obsessively and I'm in my mind if you're so focused on that number, you're just, you're not giving yourself the freedom to just move forward, to just accept where you are, let it go and let's move on. So I made her bring me her scale. She stopped weighing herself. And two weeks later, she finally got under 200 pounds. (laughs) And it, it, it happened that fast Mm -hmm. just because like that, that negative stimulus that she was constantly getting, you know, she's, She's becoming this self-fulfilling prophecy by going, I'm not making progress. I'm not making progress. I'm not making progress. And that's the thing that she's the most focused on. And so she started to realize that because that's where her energy was. And as soon as we took the scale away, she stopped weighing herself. She started getting focused on how much fun she was having, making improvement in the gym. And then all of a sudden there she was under 200 pounds. So to me, that was just like, I love telling that story because I'm like, really, the scale, you know, not only does it tell you lies a lot of the time, it's a meaningless number and it can actually hold you back. So, well, yeah, because then, just like you said, we're focusing on all the wrong things and the mind is a very powerful thing. Absolutely. However you choose to to use it, just like you can be in a terrible situation and you always try to see, you know, the silver lining or the, the bright, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, like what am I learning from this? And then it ends up being an experience that you learned a lot from rather than this terrible thing that happened or this thing that you're going through. And I mean, sometimes for some clients, it's a matter of, you know, you, you obviously have your your long-term goal or like the one big goal whether that's to you know get under 200 pounds um, or lift a certain amount but it's like okay each week along the way let's focus on something else that we can learn and that could be like oh how do you feel when you eat x y and z at the end of the week now you know do you eating these foods did you feel good okay that's a piece of the puzzle but in order to have like complete the puzzle you have to understand how all the pieces fit together yeah, and that is that is one of the things I do love about the CrossFit methodology is because, you know, basically what we're talking about is it's the journey is the destination, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you can just enjoy the process, then fitness becomes so much easier. And the, the CrossFit methodology is so good at refocusing people um, – on performance, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm going to go in the gym and I'm going to see, you know, how many pull-ups I can get unbroken today, or I'm going to see if I can put five more pounds on my front squat. And that, that type of progress is so empowering, so exhilarating that they start to forget or they stop coming in to burn calories. 
right. you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not this whole calorie burning thing. Doesn't it, it makes sense to a lot of people cause it's linear thinking, right? It's right. like, I'm going to put energy in, in the form of food and then I'm going to take it out in the form of exercise. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, physique and, you know, performance progress isn't linear. It's absolutely it's not. It looks much different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way more complex than that. So it's, it's fun to kind of watch people forget about, you know, the calorie burning and how many pounds they have to lose and just come in and be empowered by what they're able to accomplish in, in the gym. But that's right. really fun for me. Yeah. Well, Anne, I think ha- having a good time while you're doing it is helping most of these people more than anything else because it's the it's like the one time maybe in their day where you know it's about them and they can you know learn something through it move their bodies get a good sweat and and I think it's funny what just a side note real quick what you said about the huffing and puffing and how people come in for that part which I think yeah. is 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 so true. It's terrible, but it's true. And and this was something I struggled with early on as a trainer is I didn't, you know, clients would come to me in their first session, they want me to kill them. And then they feel great. Wow. And that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And and when I didn't do that, they were they were like, "Well, why am I paying you?" And I'm like, right. "You're not paying me to kick your ass." <laughs> and to yeah. leave, and so you leave feeling like shit. <laughs> You're paying me yeah. to teach you something in a safe, effective way. But that concept is just so disconnected. So, sorry, a little tangent. (laughs) And it totally, it's, but it's so, oh, it's so imprinted on everyone that, that no pain, no gain mentality. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're not in here punishing yourself for, you know, not being the perfect human, (laughs) then, you haven't really accomplished anything in the gym and and I I do the best that I can to first of all not do that to myself because I you know I I'm was lead by Catholic, example so. <laughs> the, the guilt is already there <laughs> that's right I already feel guilty about being a flawed human and so I need to torture myself as some form of punishment but um you know I wrote an article on my blog not too long ago about what it means to be fat because I love that are, article by the way that was great oh uh, thank you I it was great they there's that that quote was what inspired the article the quote that you know I work out because I love my body not because I hate it and mm-hmm. that resonates with me and people how how judgmental they get of themselves when they have fat on their body. And if we can just kind of reframe what that is, you know, fat fat is just your body's way of storing fuel. And we just need to use a little extra fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you don't have to hate yourself because you've got extra stored fuel on your body. You know, right. that's actually not – if you do hate yourself for it, it's going to make it really hard to move forward. Right. And I feel like that's that's another thing that makes it hard for people to work out sometimes when they the way I think of the gym is like this it's like a giant mirror. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. walking in 
and you're seeing exactly where your fitness is, right? You, you are reflecting that back to yourself. And if you don't like that reflection that you see, or if you're not ready to face how far you've let yourself go or, you know, how far you still have to go, then you're not going to want to come back to the gym. So that kind of reminding yourself every day that you're in there, that there are, things you accomplish that you can celebrate because like, it's, it's motivating sometimes. yeah it's motivating it it's exciting <laughs> and it makes you feel capable and and generally yeah. when you feel capable in the gym that's going to translate into other areas of your life whether you realize it or not yeah. until until it starts happening and you're paying attention to it which is fun exactly. mm-hmm. and when when they're coming in they're like oh I didn't perform as well as I wanted to today you know I'm always like well did you get a good workout? Because some days that is winning. Just yep. just coming in and doing the workout is just winning Like mm-hmm. without having any expectation of what the outcome should be. Just coming in and respecting your body enough to give it the exercise that it needs. Right. And in, in, in the, in the most, right. And in the most appropriate way or, yep. or using the most appropriate techniques on that day which could change. And, and this actually, this is a great example. Last week, um, I, I have a rib head that comes out occasionally that when it really comes out, it's very problematic. And usually I can sense when it's going to come out and I can do X, Y, and Z to ensure that it doesn't and everything feels good. But if I get a little carried away and decide to ignore it, then, and it gets out of hand, I'm in a, I'm in a lot of discomfort. So last week's goal was to, do pick the most basic mobility work so that's going to give me the activation I need on my rhomboid. And that was like the whole session. I went in and I'm like, right. I'm not even going to break a sweat. I'm just going to do these few moves that are extremely tedious and require a lot of mental focus <laughs> to make sure I'm doing them right. But at the end of the session, I'm like, I can feel the muscle that I need to feel. That was winner. I completed the day's session. Like that was the goal. I made it happen and I feel so much better because of it. And now this week I could do the lifts I want if everything's feeling good. But if I didn't have that awareness. That's that's a huge mark of maturity too. You know, like am I, am I really doing what's best for my body at this point? Mm -hmm. Not what's best for what my ego thinks I need to be doing. No. Right. Or then also feeling like I need to not only prove it to myself, but, you know, especially when you go to like a big box gym, which is what I happen to go to. And and I've I've been going to this gym even when I moved away. I came back and I go back to the gym that I originally went to, which I've probably been like seven years now. So I see a lot of the same people. And even today, people still ask like, oh, when's your next competition? Are you still competing? And I'm like, honestly, I haven't done it in years now. Um, I just happen to still look like I do, which is just from experience. But, you know, I get asked a lot like, oh, you must work really hard. Like, well, I actually don't (laughs) really work that hard. I mean, the only time I really break a sweat is if the gym happens to be really warm and there's a lot of people yeah. in it. But other than that, like, I leave the gym and look almost the same. Maybe a little pumped yeah. up, but, like, I might glisten a little bit. I just don't. 
and working hard in comparison to what somebody else thinks is working hard. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, the intensity is there and I'm doing as much weight as I can for any given movement, but that's that. I'm not trying to like <laughs> go gung ho by any means. I'm kind of just going through the motions and, and feeling things in the best way that I can. And that for and that's me is a win. Too. I think that, you know, you mentioned your, your rib head, which I almost think, you know, there, if you're, if you're active, you're going to have injuries. There's going to be things in your body that don't work right. On the other hand, if you sit on the couch all the time and you don't move your body, you're going to get injured because you're not, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's, yep. it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get injured whether you're sitting around doing nothing or whether you're active, like that's going to happen. Yeah. And I've kind of come to this place where I, I feel like injuries are just our little coaches, Yep. you know, whether reality it's checks, little reality checks. It totally is like, mm-hmm. Whenever you feel this pain, it means that you're in a bad position. You need to fix that position. Or, you know, one thing that my, you know, I've had this shoulder injury for probably about the last eight months and it's been pretty serious and I didn't know like, oh, I might have to have surgery. So I wasn't really able to do much of anything with my shoulder. So I was like, well, I'm just going to throw in a whole bunch of booty strengthening exercises and it, the shoulder not only prompted me to work on something that I didn't really know needed extra work, which Mm -hmm. was my butt. Um, (laughs) consequently I've ended up hitting quite a few PRs. I actually hit one in the gym today, which was huge for me because I front squatted my one rep max for three reps. And I'm like, how is this even possible? You're on a roll with the PRs. This is awesome. (laughs) Like every week. (laughs) It's so crazy. But at the end of the day, and you know, in hindsight, I'm looking at this shoulder injury and I'm like, it's because of my shoulder that Mm -hmm. I'm hitting these PRs and Mm -hmm. my shoulder is healing. But the other thing that it's done for me is make me slow down and make me focus on how I'm moving and bring some balance into what before was like, I think I was just going too heavy, too hard, too long. And the shoulder was like, "Mm -mm, no, you don't No, you're not going to do that anymore. And, and that it forcing me to slow down has allowed me to move forward. So there's, there's again, that where you, you know, it's easy to conceptualize progress as linear when it's really not right. So, and I think that maybe we just brought it full circle, but (laughs) it's possible. (laughs) Well, and just on, on that note, like something that I come across a lot is because sometimes the focus is on just, you know, hitting it as hard as you can, doing as much, as much and as many as you can and, and not paying attention to what you're feeling when, but for also someone who's trying to hit an aesthetic goal. Like they have the goal of, oh, I want this body part to look this way. But then I might see, just for an example, I had a client come to me and she's like, this is how I want to look. She described like ideal body type. And then I see what she's doing training wise. And I see her progress pictures. And she has terrible winging on her back. And she really wants her upper upper body to look, look nice and developed. 
But I'm seeing that structurally, she's not in the right position to even fully activate the muscles that she wants to look a certain way. When I see her programming, I'm like, well, you keep doing this movement, but it's reinforcing the issue that you're having. So you're literally spinning your wheels. And she had no idea. Trying to use use too much weight and then compensating and not really getting the balance that, that is needed because they're unwilling to like back off of the weight, like take the weight off, start over. It won't take you as long to build back up because it's not a strength issue. It's a movement issue. Right. Exactly. And an activation, being able to properly recruit and activate a muscle, especially, I mean, it's one thing too, if you wanted to perform a certain way, but if you wanted to look a certain way, I mean, we're talking like nitty gritty, detailed, tedious activities. (laughs) Absolutely. Bodybuilding and physique stuff is so, there's, you have to be able to access and isolate those muscle groups, which is one reason I'm glad I have a little bit of a bodybuilding background I feel like that's that's helpful Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. well you're able to then I'm sure program specific movements even though you know there are larger lifts involved in any given day's workouts but for clients who you know do want to look good you can program other you know whether it's accessory work or things within the metcons that can help develop those areas yeah and we're actually we just started um, last week I started a basically a shoulder stability and core strength series where we are just, you know, it's less, it's unconventional in typical CrossFit terms. You know, so we're doing some static holds on the rings, some plank work. We're doing some like um, kettlebell work that is really just activating all those shoulder stabilizers and at the same time working their core to make the core stronger and bringing some mobility into it so um it's interesting because the people that really care about their fitness are the ones that are showing up on those days right you know whereas well they understand the value then i'm sure they do and they appreciate it and they i had four people show up for my (laughs) for that session yesterday and then today we had like 10 people show up for the weightlifting. So it's just like, right. oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, just, still I'm not just... going to let it deter me. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, hopefully yeah. too, it'll, it, that's something that, that could just catch on to. You know, people start talking yeah. about how good they feel from doing that class while they're participating in another one. And then someone overhears and they're like, oh, maybe I should do that. You know, sometimes those things yeah, just can kind of catch, catch fire. <laughs> yeah. You or get, them sometimes them saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm sore in places I didn't even know I had," and sometimes that's the thing that gets people to come. Like, oh, why am I not sore there? I didn't. <laughs> I right, didn't or they're well. like, "I that's an area that I need to work on." Like, I I want to yeah. feel that. And on on in so. just on that note, in in doing that kind of very specific mobility and and sometimes tedious activation work, it I mean it it translates so well into the bigger movements to where you're like now like this feels completely different now that I'm doing it because I did this little tiny bit of like work that sucked I'm laying on the ground the entire time (laughs) but man it's like (laughs) now I'm going to do this squat and I feel like so much so much more of my core engage and be supportive and allow me to then move that much better 
that's always yeah, fun. and because it's static and like yesterday we did some just really slow-mo negatives mm-hmm. um, um on push-ups because we're slowing it down they're also becoming aware of muscles and thinking about the position that they're in while they're in the middle of the movement because they're not moving so fast that they're just trying to get from point a to point b you know right. now they're thinking of how am I getting from point A to point B? And so I, I am kind of seeing that, like you were talking about earlier, watching someone who didn't have body awareness, start to develop the body awareness Mm -hmm. and, and learn how to have that kind of mind body communication. Like I'm seeing that happen and I love it. It's thrilling. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I love the, the yoga so much. And it's not, you know, there's, there's actually a lot of things I really don't like about it. And that turned me off completely. Um, (laughs) Probably more of the cultural (laughs) things than anything else. But the fact that it does force me to slow down, it does force me to get out of my head. And because I'm... And it's hard as shit. (laughs) It's hard. Yes. Well, because A, now I have like my entire body's trying to do something all at the same time, which also helps me understand like what what's always first to jump in, what always wants to do the work. Why like why can't I get into this position? Um, And even though it is a flow class, so we are moving, you know, faster than, you know, one of the like a a hatha where you're, you're focusing more on your breath and doing more static stretching, the movement as well. And, and for me, the sinking of the breath. Like it's so yes. therapeutic, just putting me in my body, feeling things the way the way they need to feel. What's not working well? What's not activating? Where I'm tight, um, and, and also what my tendencies are to both, you know, try to muscle through things, um, but also yeah. you know we like we talked about before the competitive side of it. Like where why does my head keep going there? What what else is going on? Like I had a stressful day. Why do I feel like I need to push myself extra hard today because of that? And so having to slow down and take that, you know, more at a steady pace gives me that. I mean, I just leave feeling so much better mentally, physically, emotionally. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great balance for any type of harder exercise. You know, it's not just for the mobility piece, but because of the static holds, because of the body awareness, because it forces you to slow down and, and think and really be connected to all your different muscles and mm-hmm. I, I, I love it's a, it too. A good reality check mm-hmm. totally on any agree. given day. It's like, okay, this is what's going great, on right now. It's a great way to kind of have a moving meditation, you know, where you can shut your brain off from all the things going on in your day because you have to be so much in your body, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a great way to just bring you in the moment. If I, you know, I, it's hard for me to just sit and do actual like just still meditation. So me too. Yoga does that for me. Yep, agreed. Or walking. I'm a big walker as well. Anytime right, I can get outside. I, I, I just live in the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> and you cannot go for a walk, a peaceful walk in the ghetto. <laughs> I get that. Even with your giant dogs. I guess they're pretty mellow, oh, that though, makes huh? It, worse. <laughs> it kind of yeah, draws attention, they, I'm sure. Exactly, that's exactly what they do. All the neighborhood kids want to come up and pet them, and for those yeah. for those of you who haven't uh, don't don't follow uh, follow Shanna on Instagram or online, she has uh, three amazingly gorgeous giant dogs. 
<laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> oh, I love my dog. I think I have just as many followers on Instagram that just follow me to see the dog pictures. So <laughs> I am a little guilty. I'm half and half. I, I really enjoy well, I the try dog not pictures, to overdo so. it, but <laughs> Well, we're just coming up on an hour here, so we should probably wrap things up pretty soon. But I, you know, just in, in talking now, there there are so many other more specific topics that I would love to pick your brain on down the road. So I'd be uh, would love to have you back on the show. It's been really fun. I would love to do it. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, whether it's um your website, social media stuff? Um. Yeah. So I have a lot of different places where you can find me I'm on Facebook, uh, Shana.Alverson, Shana underscore A on Instagram. Uh, I have, I just started a blog. Um, there's not that much stuff on it yet, but I am, I am trying to keep myself, um, coming up with content. It's just coming up with ideas of what to write about. So it's a uh, fitfiredragon.com. And then my gym's website is movegym.co. Um, I think that's pretty much all of them. Awesome. Twitter. Who's is anybody on Twitter anymore? You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of there still, just hanging out, but I'm not active on it. Uh, mostly yeah, just because really it's a it's a little it. bit too ADD for me. Yeah. <laughs> for me to stay focused, I'm like jumping around and I forget why I went on there, and <laughs> it's short little bits yeah. here and there. It's kind of all over the place. So um, I don't know. Really, if it's I always a, need. I would need more than 140 characters to say what I have to say. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that it's too limiting for you, which I appreciate. Because you, you get my emails. So. I do. They're great. <laughs> I'm an oversharer. <laughs> but you know, in what we do, like that's important because I'd rather you overshare than me have to respond with 25,000 questions because you gave me no information at all. <laughs> I'm it's like, that so was great, but I, I you've told me nothing. <laughs> and I have a questionnaire that I sent out to my send out to my like nutrition client prospects. So it's kind of like, okay, can I help you or can I not help you? And at the top it says, you know, answer as thoroughly as possible because the more information I have, the more the better I can help you. And sometimes they will still send back like one word answers. And I'm like, really? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Well, now I just have to ask you more questions. Exactly. <laughs> well, people should, uh, you guys should definitely check out um, her blog because even though she, she said there's there's not much on there right now, what is there is great. And I um, mean, especially that, the article about uh, fat. It's very, uh, it's just real. And I think it's a great way of looking at what we do and why we do it and a reminder yep that's fitfiredragon.com and um i if anyone has topics they want to know about just throw them out to me the last blog post i did was how to stay motivated um and that was just suggested to someone in the comments so which is great and people need that because it's definitely a common theme right now with uh the weather being what it is it's cold and People don't want to get outside or move as much, and they reach for the carbs, generally speaking. <laughs> it's comfort, oh, warmth. It's dangerous. It's a slippery slope. It, slippery slope. It really is. Oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. 
Mm-hmm. They're so relaxing. <laughs> carbs are, re- are relaxing. <laughs> well, they are a drug to some extent. It's true. It's all about how so you true. use them to your advantage or not, or allow them to use you, essentially. Hell <laughs> yeah, I slept so good the other night. It was the waffles. Right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay, well, I, well, I'll just have to have a whole a whole topic on food because I know we've talked about that plenty. So, and that could be its its yes. whole own thing. So, well, thank and you we, again. We also, oh, you're welcome. And I thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Happy to. It was, it was a great time. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengle. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.